Squadron VMF-229 looked around to check whether all of his subordinates had made it out of the revetments to the taxi strip or to the runway. There was a wildcat on the runway sitting almost parallel with him, First Lieutenant Ted Knowles, who had arrived from Espiritu Santo four days before. Five more wildcats were on the taxiway, seven in all, representing one hundred percent of the available aircraft of VMF-229 were prepared to soar off into the wild blue. According to the Table of Organization and Equipment, VMF-229 should have had fourteen F-4-F-4s. Don then looked at his faithful crew chief, Corporal Anthony Florentino, USMC, three weeks older than he was. Florentino had developed the annoying habit of crossing the taxiway and standing at the side of the runway to bid his commanding officer farewell. When Dunn's eyes caught his, he smiled and made a thumbs-up gesture. I wish to Christ he wouldn't do that. Tony Florentino had large, expressive eyes. It wasn't hard for Dunn to see what he was thinking. This time, the lieutenant's not coming back. He's not questioning my flying skill. Dunn was aware, but he knows the laws of probability. Of the original sixteen pilots who came to Guadalcanal with VMF-229, only two are left. Me and the skipper, Captain Charles M. Galloway. Of the twenty-two replacement pilots flown in from Espiritu Santo, only nine remain. You can't reasonably expect to go up day after day after day and expect to survive. Not against enemies who not only outnumber you, but are flying with far greater experience the Zero, a fighter plane that is faster and more agile than the Wildcat. Dunn glanced at Ted Knowles and nodded, signaling that he was about to take off. Then he looked at Tony Florentino again and made an OK sign with his left hand. After that, he took the brakes off and pushed the throttle forward. For Christ's sake, Tony! Please don't do that Catholic crossing yourself in the presence of death crap until I'm out of sight. Lieutenant Dunn, glancing back, saw that Lieutenant Knowles was beginning his takeoff roll. Then he saw Corporal Florentino crossing himself. He dropped his eyes to the manifold pressure gauge. He was pulling about thirty inches. The airspeed indicator jumped to life, showing an indicated sixty knots, He was pulling just over forty inches of manifold pressure when he felt the wildcat lift into the air. He took his right hand from the stick and grabbed the stick with the left. Then he put his free hand on the landing gear cranked to his right and started to wind it up. It took twenty-eight turns, the last dozen or so, as the wheels moved into their final stowed position, were hard turns. When he was finished, he was sweating. Dunn put his right hand back on the stick and headed out over the water. In the corner of his eye, he saw Knowles slightly behind him. When he was clear of the beach, he reached down and grabbed, in turn, each of the four charging handles for the fifty caliber Browning machine guns. These were mounted two to a wing. He reached up and flipped the protective cover from the gun's master switch, then pulled on the stick-mounted trigger switch. All guns fired. He was not surprised. VMF-229 had the best mechanics at Henderson, and these were under the supervision of Technical Sergeant Big Steve Oblensky, 
who'd been a flying sergeant when Bill Dunn was in kindergarten. Another old-breed Marine, Gunnery Sergeant Ernie Zimmerman, took care of the weapons. Dunn was convinced that Zimmerman knew more about Browning machine guns than Mr. Browning did. But he would not have been surprised either if there had been a hang-up, or two hang-ups, or four. This was the Cactus Air Force, from the code name in the operations order of Guadalcanal, located on a tropical island where the humidity was suffocating, the mud pools were vast, and the population of insects of all sizes was awesome. Their airplanes were in large part made up of parts from other crashed, bombed, or shot-down airplanes, and were subjected to daily stresses beyond the imaginations of their designers and builders. Flying them was more an art than a science. That anything worked at all was a minor miracle.